This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome, everyone, to this week's episode of Behind the Braves presented by Jostens, the official podcast of the Atlanta Braves. I'm Ricky Mast, Atlanta Braves Digital Media Content Manager, uh, joined across my desk in my office by Director of Braves Alumni Relations, Greg McMichael. We were slated to start taping this about 15 minutes ago, <laughs> and then we just started talking about TV shows. And uh, so we're having a good old time here on this afternoon. By the way, as we're sitting here, Every now and then, I'll hear a door to our, our office, like the floor of our office here, open up, and I'm hearing a sound check for the Red Hot Chili Peppers mm-hmm. concert here at uh, Truist Park tonight. And who are they with? Oh, the Strokes. So that's, that's kind of cool. We could, we could go into that rabbit hole, too. Yeah, we <clears throat> remember the night of the day we walked out on the on the deck and we listened <laughs> to Motley Crude. But it wasn't them. It was their, their roadies they were playing. They sounded just like them. Sounded great. They were playing. I think they were playing Kickstart My Heart mm-hmm. when we were out there. Yeah. 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 Like, wow, they're out here early. Yeah. No, it's just the roadies getting the, getting <laughs> they, the equipment ready. They sounded they good. They were great. Yeah. yeah. They sounded good. That's a little behind the scenes thing. It's one of those cool things. Every now and then I have like those, you know, like the old sports center commercial moments, like when we'll randomly see like a few mascots just walking through the office. Like mm-hmm. you would see something in a sports center commercial. That kind of stuff actually does happen. Chick-fil-A cows. The Chick-fil-A cows, at least once a homestand, I see them walking through the office. And then every now and then we get to eavesdrop on some sound Mm -hmm. checks for big concerts. So Mm -hmm. that's that's among the the many perks of working here. Lauren Elena called me cutie. Really? Yeah. Saw her getting in the elevator. Said, hey. She goes, hey, cutie. Was this, uh, well, that's a good, first of all, that's a great impression. <laughs> Second of all, was this, okay, here's a quote. Was this when she sang the anthem last year for the World Series, or was it when she was the opener for Aldine, Hootie and the Blowfish, and Luke Combs a few years no, ago? No, it was the World Series. Okay, that's interesting. So I heard her here, again, in our office. She was practicing. Oh, yeah. The national anthem mm-hmm. it was just her and her guitar player. Yeah. And it was like, it was honestly, it was one of those cool little moments for, well, not a little moment, it was just one of those many cool things I look back on from the postseason of last year where I was sitting in uh, Greg Mize's office, my boss, who works here at Braves Marketing, and we were kind of going over our game plan for that night's game on, on Brave social media and online and all that stuff. And all of a sudden, there weren't that many people in the, like, actually in the office that night. And um, we started to just hear this beautiful voice, like, starting mm-hmm. to sing the national anthem with a little, like, just acoustic guitar playing along with her. And we both, like, looked at each other, and then we walked out, and there she was, just in, like, out here in the office practicing. And we literally started, like, she finished, and we started, like, clapping and cheering. <laughs> and, uh, and, by, and by the way, she... I, that yeah. was I thought She's that was good. the best anthem of the World Series last year. They were all good, but that one was my favorite. Mm-hmm. It was really good. Yeah, I also saw her here when she was the opening act. It was Jason Aldean, Hootie and the Blowfish, and Luke Combs in 2018. Mm-hmm. Did I say somewhere around there. So yeah, I like her. She's good. We have a lot of good, a lot of good music around here at the at Truist Park. There's always great oh. concerts at the Roxy. Yeah, we have you know cover bands, and then we have people doing concerts on Friday night after the games. Yeah, well, we have got the CMT Hot Prospects. Oh no, before the game. 
four of the games yeah, on Fridays, right. which has been really cool. We've had some really cool artists. We've got one more coming up of those uh, next homestand, I believe. Yeah, so. those have been a big hit. Yeah, they have been. We've had some really good uh, artists this year, and it's been cool to work with them as they've come in here. So the battery and Truist Park, it's just, it's kind of, it's not just baseball. I mean, baseball is the heart and soul of it, but there's just so much that goes on here. I mean, it's just its own little town and experience, and there's always something mm-hmm. going on. So, I mean, we're just sitting here riffing, and we're just like, oh, yeah, remember when Lauren Lane here, was here? Oh, well, which time? You know, I mean, it's <laughs> like, right. it's, 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 it's very cool. Well, before we get into uh, the, the Braves talk, I do want to shout out our sponsor, Jostens. This is Behind the Braves, presented by Jostens. If you haven't been to jostens.com slash Braves, go ahead and do so now. You can get some uh, cool merchandise inspired by the 2021 World Series ring. If you haven't heard me mention this before, I think I finally took it with me on family vacation last month. Got to show it off to my family. They all loved it, and they all were saying, well, can you give me one of those replica <laughs> rings, or can I get them? like, well, you need to go to jostens.com slash Braves to support our sponsor, and you can get all kinds of cool stuff there. So definitely go check nice. that out if you haven't already. All right, so as we're sitting here taping this, Greg, uh, this is Wednesday, August 10th. Just a couple hours ago, the news came out that the Braves are calling up top prospect Vaughn Grissom. He's coming straight from AA. Hadn't actually been in double-A all that long. And I know the fans online are excited about this. Of course, this is kind of necessitated by, well, first, Ozzy going down a couple months ago and still being out for a number of weeks. And then Orlando Arcia did did something to his hamstring last night, so he's on the injured list. So next man up, it's Vaughn Grissom. I'm really excited about this, and I'll tell you a little quick story from spring training of this year. Now, I was standing on the field in Northport, the main field, and I don't know if it was before the first actual game of spring training, but it was one of the first games. And I was standing not behind the cage, but kind of down the first baseline in front of the home dugout, talking with Mark Bowman, recurring guest here on Behind the Braves, uh, a couple of other beat writers, uh, Kevin McAlpin. Uh, I think Gabe Burns may have been there. Uh, so we were just kind of chatting, you know, as we usually do every day. And this was during, as I said, it was during BP. And this was the, the group that was taking BP at that point was kind of that mixture that you'll see in spring training of like top prospects or big-time prospects that are probably going to get some some ABs during the game, later in the game, and also some of those guys that are either trying to win a job or likely headed to AAA, you know, been around. So it's kind of one of the, those mixtures. And I was, like, Michael Harris was in that group, Michael Harris II, and every time he would come up, I would kind of zone out a little bit on our conversation I was having with the guys and start watching, because it was my first time I'd gotten to see him, like, in person, mm-hmm. and I was obviously very familiar with him. And then he would, you know, he'd take his his reps and then he somebody else would go in and then I'd zone back in on the conversation with the guys. And so it was, while I was having conversation with, with the writers, I noticed in the background kind of looking at whoever was in the cage and I noticed the, it's like, huh. Whoever that is is uh, they, they they're they're swinging like like it was uh, it was noticeable like man who is this guy like he was hitting some he he had looked like he had some power and he was just one of those things where you just you see a bunch of guys take BP and somebody just stands out and I looked and I'm like and I and I was trying to see I couldn't see his name from where I was standing. And you know what? That spring training, they probably had like 97 or something on his back with no name, for all I know. <laughs> um, so I asked Bowman, and I said, who is that? He's taking BP. He goes, oh, that's a, a Grissom, Vaughn Grissom. I'm like, really? I'm like, what does he play again? I'm like, I, the name sort of sounded familiar. He said, oh, he's a shortstop or he's an infielder. And I went, really? Because he looked, he looked pretty tall. And... Um, and from that point on, I started taking notice of him just because I, just one BP session where I had no idea 
literally just the sound of his bat and what he was doing in the cage, it, it caught my eye. And I've kind of kept up mm. with him all year since. So I'm, I'm excited to see him. Mm. I think this will be cool. And look, the middle infield depth right now, there isn't much because of injuries. And so next man up. And, you know, I think of, of the options available, he was by far the best one. Well, and that's what you dream of as a young player, getting that opportunity. And it comes in many different forms and fashions, right? So whether somebody gets traded or somebody's having a bad year or somebody gets hurt and then all of a sudden, you know, Michael comes up, Ronald goes down, Michael comes up, gets an opportunity, and then, um, you know, Vaughn Grissom gets an opportunity here to play. And even if it's just for you know, three weeks, even if it's for a month, whatever it is, just the fact that you've been rewarded for having a good season, you come up and you're already touted as one of our top prospects in the minor leagues. You just don't know. I mean, I remember we went through that spell about in the last six or seven years where we had a number of pitching prospects. You think about Tukey and you think about Sean uh, Newcomb and um, uh, you think about all these guys, Muller and, and that had plenty of opportunities right to come up and and perform and we gave them time and time again because these were our prospects and they were in the system and they needed to give some you know time to work themselves out you don't know if it's going to take one time three times five times i mean kyle didn't come up and blow the doors off the first time right kyle right it took him two or three times to come up get comfortable and get the right opportunity the the hardest thing for a young players to come up and think they've got to go four for four with two home runs right but it is difficult coming up in the middle of a season and you're on a good team, the team's struggling a little bit, and they're trying to find their way getting into the playoffs. So it's not like you're coming up with a team that's a 100-win, you know, 100-loss team, and it's like, hey, just, you know, show us what you got. No, you're, you're expected to come up and perform, and you're trying to win a spot. It's a fine line there on how you do that mentally, right? You wouldn't be up here if you didn't have the skills. You wouldn't be up here if you weren't thought, you know, highly of. So now how that young player you know, views that opportunity and what they do over the next, you know, two, three, four weeks uh, is going to be real important. And we'll we'll learn more about Von Grissom, you know, after his first four or five, just like we're finding out about Oda Rizzi and uh, these guys that we traded for. But uh, I'm I'm excited. I I love, I love the spring training store because that's what I love about spring training, going down to relax. You get to see people in a different format, right? There's not all the pressure. Of course, yes, some guys are trying to make a team, but when you're a young player coming up to the big league, spring training you're not trying you know you don't think of at least my first one I didn't think I was trying to make the team I was just excited to be there and rub shoulders and and trying to learn something and being around guys that I'd been watching on tv watching in the world series I was just happy to literally happy to be there so I think there's some of that in spring training and then you know of course when you get down to where you think you should be that's when you kind of go for it but this is a different situation. You're coming up. You get a chance to be in the big leagues, and you're thinking, well, how do I not only be here but stay here? Well, I've got to perform. So now it's there's a lot of pressure, right? There's a lot of, a lot of attention on you. So you have to really manage that mentally when you come up. So it's exciting to see. You learn a lot about a player. You know, there were times where I thought, you know, Kyle, I just don't know. I mean, right. I'm just not seeing it. And there were times with Sean, you know, I you would see little sparks in here and with Tukey, but they had plenty of opportunities and they just never could get over that hump, right? Mental, whether it was mental or whatever it was, it just didn't happen. And, th- and that happens in the big leagues. I mean, I've always, we were always told as players, it's not hard to get to the big leagues. It's hard to stay in the big leagues. 
because once you you're gonna if you're halfway decent and you you've done well in the minor leagues, you eventually good chance you're gonna have an opportunity. But um, it's really about what you do mentally. That's the biggest jump of how to get over that hurdle that I'm now a big leaguer. I'm staying, and you put you put together a career. So it's always fun to see this happen for the first time and see what you got. And I'm sure Alex and the rest of the crew are are probably excited to see what this young man can do. Yeah, absolutely. Debuts are always my favorite, or among my favorite days on the dirt throughout the baseball year. I go all the way back to God being a kid uh, when I guess Chipper got called up. What late your rookie season, right? Late was he like a mm-hmm. September call up in '93? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember his first hit. Yeah, I remember. I, I remember like it was a big deal because I had heard Skip and Pete talking about Chipper Jones, or I'd seen him. I mean, I'm, I guess I'm getting to be an old fart now, but I'd you know you get your your weekly edition of. The USA Today, or was it mm-hmm. Baseball Weekly or, or sure. whatever? And like, Baseball America. Baseball America, thank you. And would read about stuff, or I'd get my Chop Talk magazine at home back when that was a thing, and you'd read the little write-ups on the minor leaguers. And So I think it goes back to that. Uh, I remember in 2005, it seemed like every other day, there was just a, a cool story of a guy being called up, Frank Hoare, McCann, and I think they had 18 rookies that year, and so the Baby Braves, as they were mm-hmm. called. And I think those things, especially early on in my Braves fandom, have really that kind of planted the seeds of I just enjoy it. I never get tired of seeing a guy get to come up and make his big league debut, mm-hmm. regardless of the situation, regardless of if he's a, a number one prospect like Vaughn Grissom, uh, I believe was just named our number one prospect in the midseason, or it's a guy that just by having a good season, uh, maybe he's been kicking around the minors for a while, but he finally gets a mm-hmm. chance. Like it's 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 always cool to me. I do think I think you kind of you were talking there a little bit about I, that's got to be tough, like to balance all of this because you're coming up to play for a good team, but at the same time, I hope he's thinking or I hope they're telling him, you know, you just just do what you do. Like we don't need you to carry the team. We just need you to step in and. Do what you do. I, I wonder, like, I was thinking back to when Michael Harris got called up earlier this year. That was kind of the, the beginning, or you could say kind of a spark that then kicked off that amazing June that the team had. I hope he doesn't feel like coming up, especially off the heels of the Met series, that like, okay, I got to I gotta do what Mike did a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, to me, see, this is why I could, this is among the many reasons I could never do it, because these are all the thoughts that it would be creeping into my head. <laughs> um, but hopefully, you know, I, I'm, I have no idea if he'll be in the lineup. I'm sure he probably will be. Um, well, I hope he has the, a better perspective that says, if Mike can do it, I can do it. I, you know, I just saw a peer. Right. Who I, I would imagine they at some point crossed paths this year, right? Well, I can or tell you this. They? As as you and I, about 30 minutes ago, from right right when you came to my office here, Michael Harris actually just tweeted. Um, he he shared the, the welcome to the show, Vaughn Grissom tweet that we posted from the Braves account earlier this morning. And he just put in all caps, let's go. And then he called him the silent assassin. <laughs> so I think they definitely know each well, other. Good. I mean, and I think that's encouraging because think about it. You just had a peer come up ex- and perform extremely well, fit right in, get a starting job. What better example do you have? So now you can come up and, and you know, it's uh, some shared, you know, shared memories together, shared history, and then um, they can probably share in some encouragement. So that that to me is a, a very positive thing. It's different when you come up. I came up in '93. In I made the team out of spring training. I was the only rookie on the team. There was nobody I could relate to. Right. It was just like me and all my brother, my big brothers. Right. Right. They were all there, which, you know, in one sense, it was kind of cool. But in another sense, when you have people there that you can kind of, you know, you can kind of relate to, um, it, it can kind of help 
to as well. So hopefully that's a good thing for Vaughn. And uh, and Michael can kind of encourage him in a way that um, many of the other guys can't, at least this year. So that that should be a good thing. Well, I don't want to base everything off of one batting practice that I watched in March in Northport, but I I came away from that going. If somebody had asked me, like, okay, this is just one round of BP, but no names on the backs or anything, which of those guys do you think is is a big leaguer? I I would have chosen him just based off that one. Mm-hmm. Again, just one BP. Sure. And spring training, but based on that alone, I'm super excited for him. By the way, how about a how about making your big league debut at Fenway Park? Assuming he's I in like the lineup that. tonight, yeah, that, that's kind of cool. Huh? It's funny. I was uh, watching the game last night with my wife, and and I'm like, wow, I'm I'm so glad I got to pitch there. She goes. What's so special about that's ugly? <laughs> she goes, that's an ugly park. <laughs> like, you know what's funny? My fiance was like one of those balls, one of the one of the hits that went carry him off the wall or whatever. She goes, Those walls are stupid. This is a stupid park. She wasn't even was talking, it a pinball machine. Yeah, she was just like, That's stupid how it's laid out. O- only thing <laughs> like, I uh, only thing I could think about was Wade Boggs just playing pepper with that wall. Yeah. Left center gap, just you know, three thirty five, three twenty five, just just you know somebody'd leave the ball up and he'd just knock out the wall and get a single or double out of it and and uh, and then of course you know Ozuna hit that ball last night and I'm thinking oh great he needs this and like dude just like caught yeah caught it right there because they're playing up against the wall right did you like pitching there i got the pitch i mean i didn't pitch there enough to say oh yeah this is a it's great just, place it's like cool it's just I, I pitched there maybe once or twice i think but okay. uh, it, it was a good experience to be in boston say i got the, i mean there's not many of those parks left right. i mean i pitched in camden which is now one of the you know is an older ballpark but it wasn't at the time it was the newest ballpark and then you know old yankee stadium and and uh, the Chicago still, so we basically have Chicago and and Boston, yeah, the two oldest parks, and, which and, and Oakland. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's classic. Yeah, it's been around a long the time. Garbage dump. <laughs> <laughs> I will say the Orioles uh, Camden Yards is that's one of my favorite non. Uh, Braves ballparks. I've been there for a few games over the years, and mm-hmm. it's just a. It is hard to believe now. It's one of the older ones, but it's like it's 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 a classic. It's I think another thirty forty years goes by, and maybe it'll never be maybe the same as Wrigley or Fenway. But it's to me, it's in that that sacred places sure. uh, realm of of, of major yeah. league baseball. Good it's, town, it's, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a great place. Where it's Pick- situated, it's really pretty. Yeah, it is. Pickles Pub right across the street. Me and my buddies would go there before a game. Get a get a drink. My buddies that are Orioles fans and me as a Braves fan, of course, mm-hmm. walk over to the ballpark. Great place. And by the way, the Orioles are playing some good baseball right now. About Even, time. Just took them about ten years. Well, you know, and despite they just sold at the deadline too, and yet still, I mean, they've they, they got some young some young players. They really do. Yeah, that Adley Rutschman mm-hmm. in particular. He's I think he's going to be yeah. really good. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Kirby Yates is coming back tonight, too. This will be his Braves debut, I guess. Can't wait. Yeah, Um, I want to see him out there. Yeah, I think that's going to be a huge boost to the bullpen. Not just, obviously, we know what he can do pitching-wise, but I feel like after... 
you, know, you trade Will Smith, trade Jesse Chavez. Darren O'Day is still in the minors or he's still on his rehab assignment. I think of the addition, and I don't know Kirby personally or anything, but I just feel like the addition of a, a veteran like that back into that environment to maybe kind of take that little bit of that leadership well, he's a stud. I mean, yeah. you know, in his few years ago, I mean, this guy was one of the top closers, you know, in, in baseball. So, you know, it's, it's hard to expect a lot for somebody coming off of Tommy John surgery, you know, right away. But being a veteran, it, it obviously helps. You know, you think about what Verlander's doing coming off right. of his surgery. I mean, I, I wouldn't expected that. I mean, he's tied. Isn't isn't Kyle tied for him? Kyle uh, tied with him in wins. I think at fourteen in the big leagues. So, um, I mean, what a great year. So, I think when you're a veteran, it's a lot easier than when you're a younger guy because you've kind of been through it. And uh, so, hopefully, he's coming off, or he's going to come right in and, and be able to uh, help this team. We we definitely need it. So it's great to see that. And, and, of course, Ronald's playing a lot better. And we've seen a little spark out of him in the last week. So uh, starting to look like himself that. again. Yeah. 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 He's, I don't know what, what happened, but, uh, yeah, he has a little, hit a lull there for a while. And, and uh, so we're seeing some good things from him. And Well, I see, he said a few days ago, or I, I don't know when it was, a week or two ago, time, especially during the baseball season, it's like it's very much one day at a time. And then you're trying to think back to when, when did he say that? And it's like it's kind of hard to nail it down off the top of my head. But he, I think he admitted that he still was having some, a little bit of, not mistrust, but still a little unsure on the leg. Like, I mm-hmm. think there was still, I think there were still some situations where he wasn't sure that he could really give it like well, all that he, he did He certainly before. acted that way. Right. Right. I mean, when we right. watch him play defense, he, he looked very, you know, kind of almost a little timid. Right. At least somebody was either telling him to be that way or he just felt that. But I mean, he's a young guy. Right. I mean, has he really even been through any injuries? Right. Uh, I mean, so, I mean, you can't expect him. You go through something like that. You've been playing ball your whole life, never even thought about getting injured to some degree. I mean, he's only he's so young. And then you go through a major injury. So it's it's understandable for sure. You dealt with, I mean, from young age, knee knee problems. I mean, was that when you first started dealing with, with knee issues, you know, when you were younger in life, but then you started playing sports again, I mean, did you have trepidation or maybe even later in life about, okay, I'm coming off this knee injury. I mean, I feel like it would be kind of like, like, all right, can I real like you? Can I plant this the way that I did mm-hmm. before? Like, is it ready? Well, or am I, I going to do it again? Yeah, like, I never know. had that with my knee because it was just bad, always bad. Okay, you know, now that I've got a re- knee replacement, it's unbelievable. My golf game is hopefully going to go to a new level. But, right. Well, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> but no, my, I think the for a pitcher. It wasn't so much my knees because I dealt with that for so long and it just was never good. It was just always bad. So it was more like, how do I get this to move the right way just so that I can compete? But my shoulder, I think coming off and having some surgeries there, the mental side, you have to get past that. But I think I'd learned from so many surgeries on my knee that I was able to translate that. And I just said, all right, I just got to let it rip. You know, you just got to go with it. Sometimes that can really hold you back when you're afraid because you haven't gone through it. And you're like, oh, is this going to respond and the doctor says I'm fine but is it really fine and what if I push it a little bit too hard I can see where somebody who hasn't had much injury who hasn't had much to deal with that could be a problem it never was for me because I just kind of dealt with that my whole life so even with my shoulders a pitcher I didn't have any problem coming back I never I never had that mental hurdle to get over but I, I, I talked to other guys that did just because they didn't have a whole lot of experience in in rehab right and a whole lot of experience just coming back from an injury so I there's I 
I say nothing about Ronald um, looking down on him because he's he felt that way because that's a real thing mm-hmm. as an athlete when you're used to being wide open and then all of a sudden you have your injury and you're like oh my gosh can I really how do I get to wide open again to where I'm not thinking about it and that's a hard place to be I'm glad it, I'm glad hopefully it's happened and and he's worked through that. Because that that can really cause other injuries, but it also can really you know it really plays on your mind where you can't you can't perform at the level you're used to. And I'm sure being so young and and talented and and kind of free flowing the way he plays, that's probably weighed on him a little bit because we certainly have not seen the Ronald we're used to seeing. The great thing to see in that game last night. Again, as we're sitting here taping this, we just had the first game against the Red Sox at Fenway last night. Uh, the the play where he scored, and of course he looked like the Ronald of old flying around the bases, mm-hmm. and then he must have jumped about 17 <laughs> feet in the air, uh, and that was to me like the best sign that like okay that's him. He's not. It's not. If, if it was bothering him before, it wasn't on his mind there because that yeah. that was that was Ronald jumping mm-hmm. like big play running around the bases and then jumping a million feet in the air and celebration helmet goes flying and pumping his fist because that's what mm-hmm. it, that's what he does right. so it was good to see now that you're saying that especially somebody that you we would assume that was his first time going through something major like that and this is pure just speculation on my part not even speculation i'm just more of a hypothetical if you're him you tear your knee in what, whatever it was, mid-July of 2021. You just watched your teammate, Mike Soroka, a month before that, maybe not even a month. He's just walking in the clubhouse, and somehow his Achilles, just same injury, just like that again. I mean, you see stuff like that, and I just wonder if, if almost by like osmosis, like it kind of seeps into your brain. Like, if I move wrong... Am I gonna? Is this gonna happen to me again? Like, am I gonna tear it again? I, I I've got to think that's got to be a huge. Well, you said it. it's well, gonna be a big mental hurdle to get over. I think it's always something that kind of lingers as an athlete. You you know that there's a number of things I can get hit by a ball. You know, we just talk about Soroka. Ball comes back and hits him in the knee. You know, and that's delayed him coming back. There's always a number of things. How many times have we heard obliques? You know, oh, yeah. strained oblique. You can't control any of that kind of stuff. That's stuff that's just going to happen to you as an athlete. If you're worried about those kind of things, you're really not going to be ever be on the top of your game. So at some point as an athlete, you have to just say, screw it. I'm just, I got to play. I can't worry about that kind of stuff because you will never be as good as you can be if you're worrying about what if. And so I think you have to take that to another level when you get injured because that's when it can start to weigh on you. Like you said, he saw Soroka walking through the clubhouse and oh my gosh, what if that happens to me? And it just, it, it you got to ramp up the middle, the, the mental side of your game when you go through slumps, when you get traded, when you get released, when you get injured, that's where the mental side side of your game goes to a different level i mean how many times have you seen okay let's talk about ozuna ozuna's probably maybe in the worst slump he's ever been in i would say i mean this guy's an unbelievable hitter he's got one of the purest swings he's got he's got a great personality i can't imagine he's been in this bad of a slump before in his career he's been a pretty good player so think about the mental side of what he's going through right now he hits a ball in the screws last night and the guy catches it in left field. So that's the stuff that happens when you're going bad, right? When things happen. And you got to keep doing that before maybe three or four more of those before you get out of it. And then he may go 10 for 15. So so I think when you look at Ronald and, and, and as an athlete and all these different things, Soroka, what he's going through, that's just where your mental game goes to a different level. And really, and we've talked about that on this before, 
there's a number of guys in the minor leagues that are just as talented or more talented than anybody on our roster, right? But they're fine in the bullpen. But when you get in the game, that's going to determine how good a player you are. It doesn't matter what you do in the bullpen, right? It's like the driving range. You can you can hit every shot in the world on the driving range, but you get out there on the par four and you know and you see the trees creeping in, you know, and you can't handle it. Well, that's all that your mental game. And so the mental game applies to all these different areas as an athlete. And and so right now we're seeing Ronald working on his mental game because he's had to deal with that over the whatever he's you know the last few months. He he hasn't performed the way he thought he had, and, and come to find out, it's probably because he's thinking about his knee. He's yeah. thinking about what he shouldn't be doing instead of what he should be doing. It's like if you're playing golf and there's a big like let's say the tee box, there's a big lake <laughs> right cup. in front of you. Ten yeah, cup. like like ten cup. <laughs> well, I was thinking like if like if I remember right. Oh, that's right. He has the hits the little chili dippers or, or whatever. Five. Yeah, that's right. Ball, <laughs> ball. <laughs> Romeo, give me a ball. But I, I'm thinking of one my the course i played a lot back home in, in virginia there's a couple holes there in the 10th hole it's a par four pretty long par four and your tee box is kind of elevated over uh just a like kind of the the main lake out in front of the clubhouse there but as far as getting it over the lake i mean it's your tee, tee box right behind it it's not a it you should drive over it easily but the number of times me or my friend or somebody that you just end up putting a ball right into that water because all you're thinking is just don't don't put it in the water Mm-hmm. Whereas if it was the exact same hole, geography, distance, everything, but you just it was just grass there instead of like you you hit a fine shot because it's a wide open fairway on the other side. That's right, and it's not far to get over the lake. But it's like if you go up there thinking just don't hit it in the water, just mm-hmm. don't hit it in the water. Next thing you know, as I heard once heard somebody say, you got a white white nosed bass jumping up out of the <laughs> of the lake right. there. So I guess it's that way with. With anything, well, this is a, a silly example, but uh, if you've ever seen Days of Thunder, there's the the part where Tr- Cole Trickle like he's he's scared to be back on the racetrack because he's afraid oh, of being yeah. hurt again. It's like Top Gun. Uh, yeah, I, I, same movie, <laughs> just race cars instead That's of jets. Right. Yeah, <laughs> Chevys instead of F-18s. Same same difference. But yeah, you had to had to drive, had to go through it again mm-hmm. to feel like okay, all right, I'm I'm back to me again. So mm-hmm. Ronald, it seems like. And I don't know what his power numbers, you know, they're, they're probably not quite where he wants them to be. But overall, he just looks like him. He's starting to look like himself again to me. And that's very encouraging. And we're going to need it. I mean, sure. we've got a fight on our hands these last couple months. Look, there's still there's still time. Um, but the the whole goal here is just just get into the sh- get get in the show, hmm. get get into the postseason, however you can get there. I hope that we can come back and beat the Mets, win a fifth straight title or division title. But as long as we're we're playing in October. I don't care which seed it is, that because that's what it's all about, just getting there. So I will say this, uh, that home stand we've got coming up here at Truist Park with the Mets and the Astros, I don't know. I don't think there are a lot of tickets left, to be quite honest with you. But if there are, well, there's actually, I know there's a big flash sales for, for tickets, I believe, for the, the Mets series. So there are still some tickets left. And I think that entire week, you pick any game that week, come on out here because it, it's going to be rocking that whole week. I mean, you got the Mets, which really... Let's assume that as we're sitting here that, yeah, I mean, that's next Monday, that the division lead is still going to be pretty healthy one for the Mets. Then to me, that that series next week is really, that's going to be, that's going to tell you where we're going to go. Are we still going to have a chance at the division or not? Again, I know that's August and I probably shouldn't say that, but I, 
I'm just trying to be realistic. That's the way I feel about mm-hmm. it. So you got that series, and then you've got the Astros coming to town that weekend for a World Series rematch. So if you're not already planning on coming out here, get tickets now and come on out because that's going to be one heck of a series. Who have you got coming for Alumni uh, Sunday for that Astros series? Oh, let's see. I know that we have JoJo Reyes and uh, Chuck James and Leo Mazzoni. Cool. Okay. Yeah, that'll be fun. So we got those three. Yeah. I was, for some reason, thinking ahead of Los Bravos in September. But but yeah, Chuck James, uh, pitcher force back in the mid 2000s, JoJo and. uh, Both of those were the starting pitchers in the mid 2000s. mm -hmm. I enjoyed watching uh, both of them. Chuck was a lefty, if I remember right. And. I, jo- I think JoJo was a lefty too. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool baseball name. Well, just a cool name, yeah. JoJo Reyes. So that'll be fun. Yeah, I'll be signing autographs, and then we'll do a little Q and A with JoJo and um, Chuck Leo. <clears throat> we just did on the last podcast, so we'll just let him sign some autographs. And and uh, but yeah, we'll have all three of them out there on stage. Come by, say hi, check us out. Uh, should be a good time. Cool. We're looking forward to it. Well. Thank you to everybody for listening, rating, reviewing, uh, subscribing behind the Braves presented by Justin. It's easy for me to say. Uh, we very much appreciate it. Despite me not being able to say it, we still very much appreciate it. And uh, yeah, we're looking forward to uh, it should be a fun last couple months of the regular season as we push towards October. Again, as we said earlier, I mean, we got the Chili Peppers and the Strokes playing here at Truist Park tonight. We got the Braves coming back in town next week for a huge homestand. Got Alumni Sunday. We've got all kinds of cool things going on here so if you haven't gotten a chance to come out to the battery interest park this summer i can't encourage you to do it enough because it's now it's back to school happy back to school first day for my daughter today oh yeah what well let's see what year is she now junior she's junior in high school when you and i started all right when you and i started doing this podcast i remember i'm so five seasons ago that's fine i know that's that's incredible that seems like forever i can't believe that i know We've gone through a pandemic. Uh, we, I know. We've gone remember, through almost a strike. Remember the lockout. <laughs> remember those days when uh, when we were like, we will never record an interview over the computer or over the phone. <laughs> yeah. well, March 2020 certainly yeah. changed that a little bit. We still mm-hmm. we're back to pretty much doing them all in person now. Though I do remember. So I met your daughter briefly uh, a couple weeks ago, and uh, we like shook hands. And then after after you guys uh, left. I was thinking, I was like, I think she and I met at one point. And then I realized I met her very early on in us doing the show. And she was sitting in, I remembered she was sitting in your office and she was a kid. 11 years old. She was a kid. And then I meet her. So I for briefly didn't think I'd met her before because I'm like... Oh, she's she's grown up now. Like she's <laughs> shot up like a weed and she's yeah. a junior in high school. Driving. That's, yeah. Oh, so. wow. That's yeah, it happens fast. That's what they tell me. That's what they tell me. I may or may not find out someday. <laughs> we'll see. You will. Eh, we'll see. <laughs> All right. Well, for Greg McMichael, I'm Ricky Mass. Thank you to everybody, and we'll see you next week on Behind the Braves.